Yeah, we're ready? I changed my song for this one. Everybody has the same reaction. Huh. This song is always good. I mean, everybody's next. I'm an, I'm an up and down bobber. That sounds gross, but it's not. Yo, you go square, yeah, square like a, like a pigeon. You gotta get right up in there if you wanna. Now, you know what's funny? Is that everybody loves this music, but, you know, outside of Uptown Funk, nobody's doing any funk. Why? Everybody. Hello. Uh, Josh Wolf, Fairly Normal, and my guest and dear friend, Sherry Thomas, everybody. Yay! Hi. I wish I had some fake clap, but I, I know, don't. know, that would be great. Yeah, it would be good. Um, Woo! Now, first of all, there's a lot of things. We, sh- why don't you tell everybody what you do, and then we'll get down to it. Uh, I'm a casting director. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the, some of the things that you've cast that some people might have heard of? Um, may have heard of um, Breaking Bad. Heard of it? Okay, The Walking Dead. Heard of it? Uh, halt and Catch Fire. Wow. Wow. Good. Yep. Is uh, there, Gotham. Is there, You do Gotham? Yeah. We did the pilot, and then we continue oh, to do the series is um, there, along with um, Kim, Misha, and Beth Bowling in New York. Is there, uh, and uh, I, I, we're going to get to how we connected with each other in a second. Mm-hmm. Is there a show that you're more proud of than any of the other ones? I mean, I know you're not supposed like to say that. They're like children. You? You're yeah. not supposed to say that. But That's I mean, not true. Certainly... Listen, anybody who has kids will tell you you can pick between your kids. You love them all the same, but if you had to spend a Saturday with one of them, you could fucking pick which one pretty quickly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Mine are still too young for that, yeah, so I feel if... like it's really bad. I'm going to give them a shitload of baggage. When you baggage. were growing up, you knew your parents. You loved yeah. you all the same, but if they had to spend a Saturday with one of them, they could... You? Yeah? Maybe. Um, do you have one that you're more proud of for for other reasons, like maybe because because it was so cast contingent? Yeah, I mean, obviously Breaking Bad we're so proud of because it sort of uh, came out of nowhere. Yeah, you know, this we aired. I want to say seven episodes before the writer strike hit, and we stopped shooting. So right. we had only in our first season had seven episodes. Um, the casting of Brian Cranston I think was really important on a lot of levels and then the rest of the cast came from the process so when you put that together it was sort of lightning in a bottle uh brian cranston was that like going in the net was that you know some some calls are network calls right Mm -hmm. where they go we want this person Mm -hmm. and then you reach out to that person Mm -hmm. was brian cranston a network call was that Uh, Some of these things you may or may not be able to talk about, and I tell people all this all the time when they're on the podcast. If you go, I can't really talk about that, then we don't. Right. Um, Well, look, I think the network always had appreciated and respected who Brian Cranston was and what he could bring to the table. But you know, we have to Sharon Bialy, my partner, my business partner, and I, we have to go and audition, if you will, for our jobs as well. So. 
when we got the script of Breaking Bad, usually I'm a very slow reader. Tell me again. So yeah. by audition, you mean, yeah. look, if, 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 if some people... So if you had a script right. and you say, um, mm, I'm working with... I'm going to throw a name out there just because I listen to the podcast. Right. I'm working with Greg Garcia on this on this pilot and you know, I he, uh, he's going to have to meet with you. And right. so we have to go in and audition for the job. We don't just get... Jobs. We don't get offers. And Here's so when, a script. Do you want to cast it? When you happen. audition, mm-hmm. you have to come in with ideas. Uh, some people do and some people don't. Sharon and I choose to really prep. Um, when we had got the script for Breaking Bad, we read it thoroughly. It was amazing, as you can imagine. Yeah. And I said, holy sh-. Usually I'm the last one to read everything because I'm so slow. Yeah. And I finished this one. I said, Sharon, you got to read this. This is unbelievable. And so she did. And she said, holy shit. So we went in and we met Vince. Mm-hmm. And Vince is Vince Gilligan, who yeah. is the creator and showrunner of um, Breaking Bad and now Better Call Saul along yeah. with Peter Gould. Um, and we had, you know, we also ca- used to cast for the La Jolla Playhouse mm-hmm. down in San Diego. And we were doing a play for Aaron Sorkin called The Farnsworth Invention. And Brian had just finished Malcolm in the Middle, was looking to do something different, came in, and he actually read for Aaron Sorkin. Now, how crazy is that? Yeah, it's crazy. Multiple Emmy nominee. But at the time, Uh was he... He was seen more of a comedic actor Mm -hmm. because of that role in Malcolm in the Middle, right? Yeah, because he was so good. Right. Yeah. And I think... Now, I knew him from way back in the day when we were latchkey kids, and yes. I would come home from school, and I would watch a little known soap opera called Loving. Yeah, I have and no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> My love for television. This is why I do what I do. I yeah. used to get in trouble for watching TV. But um, he was on that. I mean, I remember him from that. But um, so Same kind of work, Loving and Breaking Bad. Same type totally. of script. Totally, yeah. That's why How you knew you he know? could. That's why you knew he could of nail course. it. I could. He could handle it. Because you were like, oh, he's done loving. He can do it. He anything. can do it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, so we, you know, we saw him uh, do this audition, and so when we were prepping for this meeting, you know, we went in and we talked to Vince, and he said, "You're going to think we're crazy. Everybody knows him as the zany dad on Malcolm in the Middle, but what about Brian Cranston?" Yeah. And he kind of gave us this very startled look, and said well I, I I love him and and that that's kind of who I had in my head and so it was sort of this you know amazing. Um, explosion of ideas why do you think and and guys like um, why is his name John a blank hopefully I'll know it what he, are you thinking of uh, what's his name that was the his buddy on the show not his buddy but his cooking partner uh, Aaron Paul Aaron, Aaron Paul. Paul. My God. Thank you. Thank you. It's, um, but that's my name. I can't forget it. Aaron, <laughs> Aaron Paul and a bunch of people on that show. Yeah. Look, you know, casual watchers would be like, oh, they came out of nowhere. Right. Right? Right. Why What's what? Why go against the instinct of casting people that you're like, oh, I know that guy? Like, why? why what's the benefits of not casting a well-known cast for something like that? The audience is really able to lose themselves into the character that they are creating as opposed to the um, the resume that they know them from. Very interesting. So if you put uh, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. As, as, the, as Walter White. Yeah. You're never going to get past the fact that that's Robert Downey Jr. No, Robert Downey Jr. is phenomenal and can mold into anything. It's a, it's a very Maybe specific wrong example, but... actor that I think can do anything. Right. There aren't that many that can do anything. 
you know, and yeah. really submerge themselves and have the audience have that, you know, um, suspension of disbelief and say, oh, that is amazing. That's perfect. Right. So it's not like I'm watching, and again, maybe Robert Downey Jr. was wrong example, but mm-hmm. I'm not watching Chris Helmsworth be Chris Helmsworth. Right. Right? Because yep. when I watch him, I'm like, oh, yep. that's Chris Helmsworth. Yep. I'm yep. cool with him being Thor. Yes. But if you would put him in Breaking Bad, yes. the, the the ride that Brian Cranston took us on, yep. the different people that he was every season yes. is almost impossible to do, right? Yes. Like you need a very special yeah. person. Yeah, you do. Okay, so with someone like Aaron Paul. Yes. <clears throat> because obviously season one, you don't know where that script is going. You don't know how much you're going to have to grow and all that stuff. Right. Why not put somebody or in the role of his wife... Is that because you want them to lose themselves? You think the words of the script are so good, you just need a competent person mm-hmm. to deliver it so people follow the story? Is that the idea? Mm-hmm. And it's also a collaborative effort from the studio and the network and the creators of the show. And for us to create the world, and sometimes, you know, the bottom line is just budget. And if the budget doesn't support a quote unquote name actor at that time, right. you know, a movie star then um, you just have to find great actors, which was the challenge of Breaking Bad and really taking this material that was already so elevated and hopefully being able to put somebody in there that can then elevate it even further. It's, okay, here's, and when I think of some Also, also AMC had only done Mad Men, which was in the can. It hadn't even aired yet. We were their second show to go. So nobody so there wasn't a knew line of what people. we were doing. Yeah, right. no, there wasn't. But until they read the script, and then people, you know, clamored a little bit, and then some people didn't, and I'm sure now regret it. <laughs> well, I, I know you can't give those names. Right. Here's my. So, I find like when I I was thinking about this because I was thinking about your job. Yeah. And I was thinking about what are my top ten favorite shows maybe of all time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And at, nine <clears throat> out of ten of them had unknown relatively unknown mm-hmm. casts but why how many of mine are in your top 10 two okay that's pretty good soon to be four that's pretty but good i'll let that happen okay naturally. yeah two two <laughs> um but tell me why then do networks constantly go back to star fucking if we look at the i forget we can swear yes if we look at <gasps> the if you look at the long list of successful shows dramas and comedies yeah that start with a relatively unknown. Look, yeah. Friends was Friends. Mm-hmm. Maybe Courtney Cox was the biggest person at that point. In they time. were. Maybe she was. But if you would put five well-known people in there, yeah, it just I just can't see how that works. What, why do you think they? Is it because they can sell it to advertisers? It's more money up yes. front. Is that what it is? I think they think that, but I think that we are, you know, we're breaking that mold little by little. It's starting to happen and break that mold, and. Oddly, as we all know, television or the medium of not a feature film going to a movie is really getting saturated yes. with all of you know the online um, mediums that we have between right. Amazon and Hulu and Netflix and you know all of them. It's a lot. So, you know, we talk about this a lot as casting directors when we would do a show. It would start out and you would do your offer only names, Mm -hmm. which is people who are in that category for, you know, any given reason, whether they should be or not. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. Somebody thinks they're very fancy (laughs) and you're like, really? I don't think so. Get your fucking ass in here and read. There are some people who don't audition, right? And you're like, you're going to have to. Yeah. And 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 the the beauty of Breaking Bad, I I hate to keep referencing it, but. No, 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 no. Listen, it's um, fascinating is 
for the creators of that show and the team, it was really important for them to hear hear the words Mm -hmm. you know it just it was the process that started in the beginning and that was the process that continued and the only offer we ever made throughout that entire series was Bob Odenkirk everybody else read Jean-Claude Esposito read Jonathan Banks read who had a resume as long as why Odenkirk why Odenkirk because Vince had known his Ah. work and had known him personally and um, he was perfect for the part now listen one thing that I love about you Mm. and especially from where I sit Yes. Is that you cast comedians yes. in roles that other people would never cast comedians in? Yeah. Why? What is it about the? You cast Bill Burr in Breaking Bad. Yeah. Bob Odenkirk isn't the number one choice on anyone's list, no. probably. No. Right? He's a he's a comedic actor. What is it about? I think comedians? we had the license to do that with Vince, which was great. We had people coming out of the woodwork, all kinds of people saying, once the show hit yeah. after season two, if you remember, it really sort of started to pick up steam and people would call us and say hey this person loves the show they would love to do it and we got a few of those calls and Bill Burr was one of those calls and we said oh my god yes let's get him in where other casting directors might say no, What's he going to do here? Yeah. Not, you know, so we were very open to that idea, and we um, embraced it and brought them in. Not only that, I start when I met you, I was working for uh, Deb Brilsky, who was a sitcom yes. casting director. And I loved comedy. And You got me my, my SAG pat, card. I got you your SAG card. I did. I did. You got me my, on a little show called Home, Home Improvement. Improvement. And you had one line, and it was the cutest thing ever. And yes. we, thought, we thought that you, like, were a star. Oh, it was the best thing. You, you know, listen, you know, before that, you got me my side guard. Yeah. Home Improvement. Now, at the time, uh-huh. you remember where I was living. I do. Okay. You re- <laughs> we spent a very uncomfortable Thanksgiving at my house. We did. Yeah. <laughs> With me. Can I have some more alcohol, please? <laughs> May I have as much as possible? And what else do you have? With me, my ex, uh-huh. her mom, yes, and the little children. And the little children. Well, that lasted all of 10 minutes. And when I looked at you with fear in my eyes, can you please get me out of here? I said, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> right? Yeah, and I followed. Done. I mean. Bye. We were there. You were. I brought flowers. You do were... you fucking remember? I my like, best part about it is, flowers. right? When I saw you and we're walking into my apartment, I remember and I'm thinking to myself, Oh, she looks so hopeful. <laughs> I was. Yeah. I'm like, this but, bitch is going to like me. Oh, no, no. Uh, she didn't like you Everybody likes me. No. 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 I, I, explain. What do you think the most uncomfortable part of that was? Of that day? Yeah. Of that 10 minutes that seemed like 24 <clears throat> hours. Yeah. Um. Probably, uh, you know, not to sound obnoxious, but generally people like me. Yeah, and like I can person. generally, I'm really easygoing. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't take things too, too personally at all. You know, you can walk in, and if the energy's fucked up, you can you can change yeah. it. Yeah, not that energy. No, you know, no. it you... was black. I oh, was yeah. like, "Excuse me, can I get through this black cloud?" <laughs> Where's the alcohol? Uh, can I tell you what my favorite part about that was? What was? Um, I mean, I brought flowers, yeah. and I was like, "I brought some flowers," and she fucking looked at me like with daggers in mm-hmm. her eyes, lit literally. My favorite part was that my ex's mom never looked at you. Nope. There would, she would nope. not really even speak to you, nope. and she didn't even look. Not no. she wouldn't even look at you. No, in my direction. No, it was almost like, which is not the truth at all. But it was almost like they thought we were out in the car, like yes, you know. And fucking. then we walked in, fucking. Yeah. Yeah. And then we walked in, and it was like, like I was wow. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty. Yeah. Now we grew up, and by the way, you know, I got free shoes on you Home did. Improvement. 
Nikes. And now, just so everybody knows, I can't. I, I I had at the time of that show, one pair of shoes. Yeah. That I had worn for three years. Yeah. And when I got these new sneakers, and they were just like forty-five dollar running shoes. Yeah. Do you know that I, I'm not kidding when I tell you I wore them for a month straight? Like I would, you know, when you were six and you got new yeah. shoes and you thought they made like you faster. Like the real Nikes. Yeah, I do remember. I hadn't had a pair of shoes mm. that were Nike. Yeah. In so long, and yeah. like I said, I had one pair of shoes. They were my workout shoes, my going out shoes, yes, my interview <laughs> shoes. One pair of shoes. And when I got those sneakers, I felt so. It was better than being on TV. To me. I know. Because it was the first I get that. new thing that I had had in. That was for you. Yeah. 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 Was... And then you didn't feel guilty spending your money on because you had, you know, kids to take care of. It's no. Like... But I felt guilty when the when the wardrobe person was like, you can keep those. I was like, what? I get to keep Isn't that the cutest thing? I remember what? her telling me, I told him he could keep the sneakers. And I was like, yes. I was so happy for you. I, I remember coming in and reading for that. And that one line, yeah, and thinking, ah, maybe, but I also thought, Sh- Sherry probably can't push for too many people, but she's yeah. gonna be like, why not? Well, fucking- I did because I had seen you in that showcase, and yeah. I remember Janelle Dunn was Deb Brilsky's um, associate at the time, and she was so fantastic. And I went in and I said. You know, because I was just a little assistant, yeah. so there wasn't sort of the autonomy to, you know, really be bold, and or I didn't feel comfortable enough yet to be bold. And but I just, you know, I was like, well, fuck it. What what's the worst that's going to happen? He's funny. He's cute. They're going to love him. You know. So uh, I said, can you do a general with this guy? His name is Josh Wolf, and I saw him at the comedy showcase because that's part of our job too yeah, as an assistant. Yeah. You want to go out and you want to come back and say, hey, look what I found, and you know, be enthusiastic. And and uh, she said, of course. And so I remember you came for a general, and you brought Jacob, who was one and a half, maybe. Yeah. Well, maybe? I had to bring him everywhere I went. Yeah, you had to. I- I get that. I, well, at that, <clears throat> at that time, I had thrown. I, she wasn't living with us anymore, mm-hmm. and so I didn't have enough money for a babysitter. So he went on all mm-hmm. my auditions mm-hmm. and all my generals, mm-hmm. and he, he was pretty good. He sat there. He was really good. He was really good. And he was so little, and then she loved you. And then there was this thing in the script, and I remember saying to her, "Do you think you could bring Josh in for this?" And she said, "Yeah." And I just said, "You know, like it yay. was amazing." I know. It and was, look at us now. I know. Ah! It's so crazy. You know, that that I that experience on the set did two things for me. Yeah. One, it was like, you know, it's like break popping your cherry. Yeah. Oh, of course I do. But two, you know what why? And even though it was only one line and I didn't you know, whatever. Do you remember the line? Right this way, or do you you won the winning ticket or something like that? <laughs> something like that. I think it was both. Yeah. But it was only one line. Yeah, it was right this way. You have the winning ticket. Sound like that. Yeah. They may have added part of that. Yeah, or maybe because they were liking you, right? And they were like, "Oh, let's give him a little more." Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But uh, I might have been right this way. But the beginning was definitely right this way. Uh What that did for me, and I don't know if I ever told you this, I always wondered if the moment was going to be too big. Like once you get on set, Mm -hmm. if being on the set and being around people who were stars at the time, if I was going to feel just like in awe or if mm-hmm. I was going to feel you know like some people get starstruck mm-hmm. and I, I remember walking on the set and I talked to Tim Allen a little bit and he, about stand up and whatever and the kids and I was like oh this doesn't phase me at all mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that was like a huge lesson for me where I was yeah. like this I'm starstruck by some things athletes maybe yeah but being on the set and being around this guy and yeah 
nothing. Yeah. That was a really good lesson for me because mm-hmm. I thought maybe you never know how you're going to react. Never. Does that, when you, okay, confidence of somebody who walks into your office mm-hmm. is a big thing, right? Yes, but it's a fine line between um, an arrogance that can come across or, um, you know, and I, I think it's just about being that true, authentic place and self without sounding too fucking hokey-dokey and all right. of that. But um, we are casting right now a, um, a pilot for HBO, Bill Hader's pilot. Mm-hmm. And it's phenomenal. And it is, a part of it is about um, the, about Hollywood and the acting class. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and so it's so good and it resonates so well with so many people that you just see all of their shit come out literally as if it was them Uh, you know and um and that's good yeah but then you also as they're leaving anybody's leaving you're like thank you so much that was great thank you for coming you know we're very very kind office to actors and you know we really love actors and it's and i'm sincere thank you so much that was great or if i give an adjustment you know i got what i needed but at as you're saying that i'm like oh my god i sound like a fucking tool like a hollywood tool i am genuine i swear but you but your office is so good yeah how come you can't leave a casting director's office with the answer already because we don't have the power to make the answer no no i mean the answer as in you're not we're not going to call you back or or is that just too much for every visit? I think it's too much for the actor to handle. And sometimes, look, sometimes I know, mm-hmm. you know, um, there are different levels. Sometimes somebody's not at the level of what I need them to be. Mm-hmm. It, that's just plain and simple. Right. Um, sometimes somebody's really good and they're just not right. Um, and there have been times in the room where I have said, look, I think you're fantastic and I want you to leave here feeling really good about that and I'm so happy that I got to know you and see your work. It's not going to be right on this one. And I feel like I'm doing a really great thing and just letting them know right away By because way, it are. was so good. You are. Sometimes, yes, and they'll go, oh my God, thank you so much. But the person that's in their head is like, you can just see everything just leave their body. And it's probably because they're, you know, seven years too young or seven years too old and they can't handle it. It's like, it's so amazing to me, though, that this town it's is... It's a vulnerable, vulnerable place I, I to be. I get it, but the town is also full of children. Yes. It's full of fucking oh, children. I so agree. I, I'm the opposite way. Like, for me, I'm a grown-up. Whether you say yes or no, is in my brain, where I am in my life, isn't going to change what I think about myself. But were you there at 25? No, you're right. You know what I mean? It so could wreck my day. It could wreck your day. Yeah. And not only your day... It could wreck many, yeah. many, many years. <laughs> Sherry Thomas said to me, oh. <laughs> that I sucked a dick. Yeah. I mean, it's I can't have that on my, I can't. We grew up next to each other. Next to time. each other. I'm di- Now, you grew up in Northampton, Mass. Yep. Northampton, Mass. Technically Florence, everybody. Don't get angry. Is that 14 Clare Avenue, Florence, what, Massachusetts. Do people, do people well, Florence mad? is in oh, Northampton, okay, okay. so everybody's like, you're from Florence. And I go, okay. You're from Northampton. <laughs> I'm from Northampton. Now, for those people who don't know, Northampton, is it the highest per capita of gay people? Lesbians. Lesbians. Mm-hmm. Not gay men, but lesbians. Lesbians. Still a couple gay dudes. Oh, yeah, very yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot because of gay Because Smith dudes. College is there. Smith College is there, and there's a lot of businesses that are now yes. um, owner-occupied by lesbians. I was thinking about this the other day. And I was thinking why it changed. That was like when I first moved out here in, you know, 1992. That it was. It was the highest per capita. Uh-huh. It may have changed a little bit. 
Well, let me ask you growing up there. Mm-hmm. Because I know that I... Was I a lesbian? Yeah. Did no. you ever... No. Uh, did you... I know growing up in Amherst, which was near you. Yeah. And near Smith College. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons why I never bat an eye about whether someone's gay or straight is because I grew up in yeah. it. Do you feel that same Yeah, right? I don't care. Do I you? don't care. I mean, I cared when I was little. I am not going to play, you know, you... I certainly was trying to figure it all out, right. you know, as we all do. But um, you grow and you mature and you you keep opening and evolving. And so then it was like, oh, fuck this. This is. Do you feel cares? like because of that, the town, I'm always wanted to ask you this. Do you feel like the people when you grew up in that town, you're more accepting because you grew up in the town? Or less accepting because you grew up in the town? I think for me, I was more accepting because I grew up in that town. I remember going to Smith College because Smith College was right down the street from Northampton High School. So Smith we College would is always. What percentage were lesbian? Oh, gosh, I don't know. It's all girls, but I had heard that it was somewhere around 60%. Oh, lesbian. maybe. I know a lot of people that went there that were not. They may have, you know. Transferred. Transferred. <laughs> <laughs> they may have transferred they or may just have. experimented. <laughs> For a year, you I know, don't know. We used to go to those parties when I was in high school. Oh, I, I oh. Didn't, but I didn't know it was a lesbian college. Oh, really? Well, no. it's not a lesbian college. Uh, it's really not. A lot of people go there, okay. and they would bust the guys in from all over. Okay, but that's I remember, why I wanted to go there. I remember going to a couple of those parties. Green trashy punch. Yeah, and I was like, well, I'm laying out my best shit. Yes. How come I'm not getting any vagina? Oh, I, a girl did try to make out with me in the bathroom once when I was in ninth grade, and I was sort of like, oh, mm, thank you, though. Yeah. <laughs> did you say thank you? I did, because I felt really bad. I was like, hey, somebody wants thank me, and I'm you. like, oh, thank you, but no, I'm good. I think I said I'm good. Hilarious. You were going to college parties in ninth grade? Yeah, we they were right mass. down the street. You went to UMass. Of course you did. I, so I took my first... I think I took mushrooms for the first time yeah. in either 10th or 11th grade at the Southwest Towers. Well, <laughs> I was going to say who didn't. I didn't. But yes, I think the majority of people did who lived in that area. Ugh. It was kind of crazy. Did you party crazy. at UMass? I partied a little bit. It was too far. Now, I was the designated drunk driver because yeah. I was really good Oh, at you were that. a good drunk driver. <laughs> yes. Hilarious. We had somebody in our high school, yeah. too. We were like, so that is was he me. drunk? Greg can drive when he's yeah, drunk. Yeah, I'm the only yeah, one. I was yeah. the only one that was allowed to do that. And um, looking back, you let your daughters oh, do that too, right? No, and it's <laughs> I. You're gonna tell your daughters. One of you better be good at drunk driving. I don't know if you felt this, but I. We were just talking about this the other day. I said I feel like where we came from, yep. you know, the parties in the woods, the keg parties, you know, a- anything that involved. We started really young. Yes. Like seventh grade. Yeah. Some sixth. I'm just saying, um, and it was sort of this badge of honor. Like you do, you know, if there was a party, you know, uh, in the woods down at the at the res or whatever, mm-hmm. you would drink before you went there mm-hmm. and then you would drink some more there and then you would go to the after party. So when I first moved to L.A. and I was living on a floor in North Northridge and I didn't know anybody and we were going to come out to. um Oh shit! It was right here. Um, what was that bar? Smalls. Yeah. That used to be here. Do you remember that? Yeah, I know Smalls. So we're going to go to Smalls and so I. Can I, I can't get arrested for after the fact now. No. Okay, so I would be like, Did you, unless, buy the wait, booze. Is, does this story have you murdering somebody? No, then I'm you're, not good. You're, good. you're good. No, I'm good. Just drinking, <laughs> just drinking in the car. Oh yeah, no, then you're good. The yeah, 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 you're good. You're good. But like, you know, I, I got and I was like, okay, uh, we're ready. And I had the beer in the car, and they were like, what? And these, these girls grew up in, uh, you know, Hollywood proper, like Fairfax High School, and they're like, what are you, what are you doing? And I was like, what do you mean? What am I doing? We don't have that much money to go to the bar. We're gonna drink in the car on the way there. And they were like. <laughs> 
like, what is wrong? You guys are from L.A., the big city. Yeah. We were just like the little towny folk. No, we, and listen, we definitely pre-partied. Yeah. I always got the girls that I was dating, I always made sure I hooked them up with some wine coolers. Because, Passion fruit. Uh, but what was the grape one that came in the can? That was the one that had oh, a little extra awful. alcohol in it. Yeah. I remember um, Ugh. I remember there was one girl, she was basically, I thought she was going to be my first. And she was like, I'm going to have three of these cans. I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> and she was like, we're going to have sex. I was like, fuck yeah. And then I remember she was throwing up and, you know, wiping it off her mouth. And, and you're still like, can was, we? I, I Are we like, good? I told her, I go, just so you know, not a deal breaker for me. Not a deal breaker. Uh-huh. And she was like, it's a deal breaker for me. I'm like, you sure? <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> need to be. It doesn't have to be. I, you know, I tell Beth, like sometimes when I'm like, do you want to have sex? And she's like, nah. And I say to her. Does she really say nah? Sometimes. Okay. Sometimes when people aren't in the mood. Okay. Are you in the mood all the time? The fuck no. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. So sometimes she's like, nah. Right? And I say to her, you don't have to do anything. I mean it as a compliment. Yep. Yeah. She takes it as that I would fuck a tree. Oh no! I if I got that, I would be like, oh, yes, great, let's yeah. go. I'm Som- tired. Yeah, sometimes I'm like, listen, you don't. Have we to sound do anything. awful. We sound old no. and fucking awful. Because I'll tell her, I'm like, Ugh. listen, you can even grab the remote control, whatever you <laughs> face the TV, whatever you need to do. <laughs> like I, I'm. This is this is just me. Yeah. Trying to make it as comfortable for you as possible. As possible. It sounds like assisted suicide, but it's a not. little bit. <laughs> a little bit. It's all good. I'm the fucking Kevorkian of sex. Yes. <laughs> Kill it. Kill it. Yeah, you don't have to do. I'm just trying to make it as comfortable as possible for yeah. you. Here's a pillow and the remote control. Yeah. Well, my guy's 12 years younger, so I, I just, I'm, I, I, it's a little. And in great shape. I saw him. He's awesome. He's awesome. He's such a good guy. He's such a good guy. I I, found such a good guy. I just had to come to L.A. and wait a really long time to do it. I feel like we both kind of lucked out in good people. Yeah. Well, I married my last one night stand. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. And then you ended up with him. No, same guy. Same guy. Hello. Now what? Same guy. We did the dirty like very quickly after we met. That's awesome. I know. It was awesome. It's another thing you can tell your kids. Right? (laughs) (laughs) I forget. I mean, this, the internet is forever. Yeah, I'm forgetting dr- drink this. Drink and drive. Mm-hmm. Make sure you put pre-party when you drive over the four or five to have some wine coolers. Yeah. And then definitely have sex with the first dude that you think is kind of cool. Mother of the fucking <laughs> year. Woo! I am so rad. I just said rad. <clears throat> That's all right. Um, uh, we're going to forgive that. We'll go to Fitzwillies <sighs> and have a... Have a drink. Oh, I love Fitzwillies. Mm. Um, can you... And you've listened to the podcast. So you know I yeah. jump around a little bit. Yep. Can you think of an audition mm-hmm. from a person mm-hmm. where you were like, I don't think this person's going to do it. And they blew you fucking away. Like some person, somebody that you were like, yeah, they'll come in. Maybe it wasn't your first choice. And mm-hmm. they come in and, and they end up booking the role. Hmm. Or, or how about this? Start this. Can you think of an audition that blew you away? You were like, you were like, Oh my, like this is above and beyond anything I thought could happen in this room. Yeah, uh, there are a lot, but I'm just going to kind of go from the you know the past couple of years. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, we just did Danny McBride's new show for HBO um, called Vice Principals, which is going to come out sometime in 2016. I don't know exactly when, and um, that was like our into turn comedy. back into comedy. Thank How, God, you, you were really. You told me how excited you were about. Yeah. That. Well, yeah, I went for it. 
um, I had had just had Ryan, my yep. five-year-old daughter, and um, I was in my tiny tiny apartment in Santa Monica, and Kyle and I had just gotten married, and we were miserable because you have a newborn and you're just sweating all the time and yes. you're tired and it's awful. And yay, kids. Yay, kids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah, have some kids, everybody. Mm. Mm-hmm. So we would spend our Friday nights and we would watch Eastbound and Down. And we would sometimes watch the same episode twice in a row mm-hmm. because it was joyful. And so we were we were happy again. Yeah. And... So I just started watching the series, and obviously I had known of his work in other areas, but I just understood his comedy, and I just loved it. I just loved it, loved it, loved it. And I was like, I'm going to work with that guy one day, or I want to. And so we would bring in different actors, and we uh, brought in Jen Irwin a lot, who was his sister-in-law on the show, Mm -hmm. to audition for different things. And um, every time she'd come in, I would ask her about Eastbound and Down, and what's happening, is it coming back, and you know. Uh, so cut to there's a deadline release of he's doing a new show on HBO and I don't ever do this and I immediately just emailed and I emailed you know Jen Irwin and I said I never do this but um, if he you know is open and he's going to meet people I'd love to get our hat in the ring just to get a meeting and see if we can fight for it and um, so like two weeks goes by and she forwards me a response from him saying I'd love to meet them and so we I prepped my ass off for that meeting another thing where you know when it's like an actor you got to do your homework and so um, they sent us the script and I loved it and so just prepped and prepped and prepped and we walked in and met and by one o'clock that afternoon HBO said Danny McBride wants to hire you for vice principal I was like yes so, um, and then and then your job at that point is to, for me personally and for Sharon as well, is to really um, bring them in and, and make them want to stay. Uh, I, I'm going to ask you a question off of that, and then we're going to get back to oh, the Oh, sorry, yeah, because the audition, but, yeah. But, but you know how you, you have brought in funny people for dramas? Yeah. Easier to bring in a funny person for a drama than a dramatic person for a comedy? Yes. But also, I think it depends on the person. And the way that comedy is changing now, it's grounded in reality. It yes. isn't so much about hitting a joke. It's really about... The um, work. It's, a lot of it is the words. It's the dialogue. You just have to be a good listener. Yeah. In the new world of comedy, what I have found, it's all about the listening and having the 100% authentic reaction. You know, so you got to do your prep work. And then once you have, once you can really listen, and if you are a funny person and a good actor, all you got to do is open your mouth and say this... this you know, really great writing. It's when the writing isn't so good that, you know, you need, uh, you know. You need Jim Carrey. You need Jim Carrey. Right. Mm-hmm. It's one of the <clears> reasons <throat> why somebody asked me, why don't, why don't, why do you think Jim Carrey is? I said, because Jim Carrey doesn't fit into to today's comedy. Yeah. Today's comedy trusts the words yeah. and, and is grounded in reality. Yeah. Like, the, you're, it's not a punchline driven, not as punchline no. driven. No. And so, he, it doesn't need the big, um, which is interesting to see the cycle of it, right? Yeah, I love it. I, I love it a lot. I love, I love it. Tell me the audition. Do you feel like so? Sean McKinney is an actor that um, we had hired on a show called Common Law. You know that we did a few years back, and Russell Scott, um, who works with us in our office, um, had originally met him. You know, way way back in the day, and so we brought him in for this role on Vice Principals. And he hadn't worked since Common Law, I don't think. Um, and he went back to Florida. He was like, I'm done. I'm packing it yeah, in. Yeah, that's a couple of years ago. Yeah, he's, he was done. Um, and he had moved back to Florida. And we were doing this. And um, I think we sent him a self-tape. He 
was like, I oh, told his manager, I'm done, I'm done. His manager was like, J- you just got to read this. You know, the, the, my story might be altered a little bit. I can't keep it straight right. in my brain. But it's really along these lines. And he said, you got to read this. Just do it. Just do it and see what happens. So he did it. And then the manager said, he's going to be out here, you know, in a week if you want him to come in and and, um, and do it again. And so I think he forced him to come out for one more pilot season. So he came out and we brought him in. And it was the first guy I brought in for this uh, for this part. And it's very rare where you go, I'm fucking done. Really? Holy shit. Yeah. It was sort of everything that you had idealized and talked about and he was really good on top of that and his improv was you know amazing and so and do you still read people even though you're like i'm done of course you have to you have to because most studio and networks they want to see choices right is that the word is that the voice i use no it's the voice i use i want to see choices i want to see choices you need some context you need some choices are are the because now i hear all the time because i'm on the road now i'll get fired yeah exactly (laughs) Someone's gonna call you and go, Sherry. We have different choices. <laughs> um, I, I, all the time on the road, mm-hmm. I'm, uh, my agent will be like, "Hey, can you send, just tape it, tape it, tape it, and send it in?" I just feel like, honestly, if I'm honest with myself, and I do tape it and send it in, mm-hmm. I always tell people I'm not a good enough actor, but I'm good in a room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So just to get me on tape, you, I feel like. You also you kind of need to meet me if I especially if I've never met you before, met you before yeah my act right so yeah. I I always try to discourage that but my agents like no 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 people get hired off the tape all the time they do really oh my gosh yes we it that's how it's happened now I mean we can be casting out of L A but you know we're we're self taping people from New York and Chicago and Texas but do you feel and like the do you feel the personal connection at all it's not about a personal connection I think. We've done many, many times. Andy Lincoln is a perfect example on The Will Walking Dead. Will they tell everybody Dead. who Andy Lincoln is? I think Andy it's Lincoln, Andrew Lincoln. Andrew Lincoln. Uh, Plays what role? Rick Grimes on The yep. Walking Dead. He was doing a play in London. He had just had a newborn. He self-taped. Um, and we sent it to Frank Darabont, who at the time was mm-hmm. uh, you know, running the show. And he had some notes for him. And we called back and we said, you know, you got to do some you know do some changes and he was like running out the door yeah play. we're like just do it um and then oftentimes before we even send it to our producers i'll call you back and i'll say i need you to do it again here are the notes i need you to focus on and then we'll have you do it again if we see something there and we believe in it uh-huh. that's what we need to have happen but we we i mean we can cast from a tape and give direction all right, now this just takes a little longer. And I do this to people every week, and I apologize because <clears throat> Aaron gives me the wave and he gives me the phone wave, and I always uh, ignore him. Um, but 323-282-7424, 323-282-7424. If you've called in before, call back, and I will try to pick up. If you have questions for Sherry about any of the shows we talked about so far, um, how important? Okay, The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. when that script comes to you. Mm. Because I remember... When people were like, you got to watch a show Walking Dead, I'm like, I'm not into zombies. Yeah. When you get that. Me either. Right. Me either. So do they pitch the show to you? Do you get the script first? Uh, it depends. This particular situation was, it was Frank Darabont. Right. And uh, that's all I we needed to hear. You know, when you have those people that you really want to work with. Yep. Um, and he was one of them. Shawshank Redemption, I think, is on all of our you heard know of, top, heard of it? top five, top ten movie lists. Yeah. Mine anyway. Mine too. I think it's the perfect film. It is. It is. 
I love it so much. There are some movies, even the ones that I love, where I'm like, eh, you could lose that. Yeah, no. To the fucking I mean, letter. To the letter. Perfect film. Perfect. Yep. I loved it. Wouldn't have mind seeing uh, Tim Robbins' dick once, but that's it. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Totally kidding. Having having him, you know, assaulted from behind wasn't enough? No, I need to see if he was okay. hard. I needed okay. to see if All he right. was hard. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe you can have him here someday. You can and I'll ask, ask him. him. I'll be like, in those scenes, did you get Would you home? mind just dropping now <laughs> so I could just take a gander? Um, so tell me, when you get that. Yes. If it hadn't been him, right? And you were somebody was like, I want you to look at this mm-hmm. zombie show. I mean, it is a phenomenon. But I, when you read that pilot script, it was pretty incredible yeah. in terms of it was less about the zombies and more about um this you know apocalypse if you will that mm-hmm. has that had just happened in, in human nature and in that pilot episode if you remember that's when we meet you know that's when um rick meets morgan yeah you know right right in that first episode and it's pretty incredible so um it was just amazing human nature, and it just kind of sucked you in. And by the way, that was the, the day that I was reading that script to prep for the meeting the next day was the day I found out I was pregnant with Ryan. And I thought I was going to lose my mind. I was terrified. <laughs> <laughs> I was an unwed woman. But you ended up getting married. Yeah. I mean, you tricked him. And a like, second kid. Just like I tricked Beth. I, I tricked her. He says he tricked me. Really? Mm-hmm. Is Rufy's technically tricking? Mm-hmm. Well, in a court of I think law. the pull-out method is technically tricking. You know what? I I think that's a myth. It it doesn't work. No, <laughs> unless you're pulling out of the mouth, it does not work. It does not work. <laughs> I was like, whatever. Um, how important and can you tell once you cast people? This is <clears throat> if because I'm chemistry is everything. Yes. Yeah, it's important. It's can, really important. Can you tell? Do you no. know what I mean? You can't until they get there and start to play with each other. Right. You can't really tell. Can no, you? no. And you just, uh, you just hope you're doing the the right thing. And our job, part of our job, is knowing and understanding who that person is as a person. Yeah. And then also who they are as an actor. And some people have a sexuality to them, and some people have a natural chemistry to Thank them, you. and some people <laughs> don't have either. <laughs> don't have it, and they're very wooden. As yeah. cute and handsome as they may be, or as gorgeous as they may be, sexy is a different thing. Chemistry is a different thing. Daryl. Yes. Sexy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I understand he was a model, but not a classically handsome dude. No. But sexy. Yeah. And, and, and what is it about like a guy like him, like even mm-hmm. in the first episode, mm-hmm. the difference between he and his brother, mm-hmm. even though they both, not first episode, but first season, yeah. even though they both grew up despicably and did despicable things, yes. what is it about Norman that we right away liked? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I would say the same thing about Tony Soprano. Like, he's a dis- and I've said this before, despicable dude. Mm-hmm. But when he talked on camera, we liked him. Because he had a soul. Because he had a soul. And I'm not saying um, that uh, Dixon did not either. I mean, Merle. We had fake names for them when we auditioned them, so your brain literally works in a way that is... You have to keep the actor's name in your head. You have to keep the uh, Dude who played Merle, one of my favorite character actors. Yeah, he's great. What's his name? Right. Yep. But one of my favorite characters... I know it. What's his name? Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker, of course. I mean... That guy for me is like you are making my brain work really fast and really hard. Yeah, <laughs> this is like amazing. But his brain are lucky Thank for us. Thank you. <clears throat> um, 
but so he has a soul. And does that come from Norman or from Daryl? I think it's part. It's also part direction too of where these characters are going to go. It's, right. it's part of what. Um, the actual direction is and the tone of what we're creating for that character. Right. Um, yeah, and- but even when Merle was missing and Daryl was asking where he was, mm-hmm. you had a sense that he was a good guy. He missed his brother, but even right away, you had a sense that he was a good guy. Like, does that yeah. come from what Norman, who Norman is, or what Norman understood the character had to be? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I think it's both. I think it's both. I think it's also in collaboration with the creation of the character. You know, I think that part of that is Norman and he's a really, really good guy. I I mean, we have been to, um, you know, the rap parties in Atlanta and we've been to different things. And he is so genuine and generous to the fans yeah. of The Walking Dead. No matter where we went in Atlanta, he stops. He si- he'll sign and sign and sign for hours. And his people are, you know, pulling him, come on, you got to go, because he'll just stay there. You know, that's, he's just, he's kind and he's good and he's generous. Um, and... How true to the comic book did you have to stay as far as what they looked like? It depended on the character. And Michael Cudlitz was important, Russ. To look like Abraham. Yeah, I, I, and also to feel like Abraham. It was right. We start more with the feel of the character because you can change somebody's hair, you can grow a goatee, you can mm-hmm. you know do all of those things, but um, it's you start with the tone of who that person is. You know, I credit coming to your house that night as the reason that he actually said yes. Why don't you tell everybody that story because I'm a little foggy on it. You invited us over for a party for Trevor. He was in town. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. And the yeah. Cutlasses were there. And the Cutlasses were there. And there had been some back and forth and there had been some uh, discussion mm-hmm. of, of whether or not he was going to do it. And I, you know, we had a very private conversation. And um, Did you this say party, this is the biggest fucking show <laughs> in the world? I said... Sometimes you have to think about other things like the fact that they will probably make a doll out of you. Like and they, they did. will and they did. And so when that came out, it was um you know, I just I texted him and I said, See? Yeah. You have a doll. <laughs> that you cast. Because I love him too. We've been yes. friends for a really, really long time. long time. And so you can have those um conversations without agents and studio execs getting in the way, like a heart to heart one on one, like like, let's just talk about this. It's the biggest show in the world. Yeah. That cast, talk about unknowns. Mm-hmm. But were those all actors you were familiar with? Or did somebody go, hey, you got to take a look at this guy? Not Steven Yoon. He was brand new. He was brand new. And um, his um, agent at the time, Susie Schwartz, who's fantastic. And she's built a lot of careers. Um, maybe I should call her. Go ahead. Maybe she- <laughs> 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 Then they leave her. It's tragic, this fucking business. Um and, uh, you know, we met him and he was great. We tested two guys for that role and they were both fantastic. I mean, you really, when you get to the testing process, which is, you know, typically, you know, if, uh, if you're a person that comes in and reads for casting directors, you'll come in for the casting director mm-hmm. first and we decide if we feel that it's the right move to take you to the producers and then we take you to the producers. Um, and then from there, hopefully you stand out and then you, t- you tested for me once. 
Maybe. On the Victoria Pyle pilot. Oh, yeah. That was fun. That was fun. That was really fun. Oh, yeah. That was over That was a Radford. long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the last time I went on an audition. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do without me? I know. Um, <laughs> I got to tell Thank you. Thank God you have this other thing on the probably side. Probably <laughs> 70% of my auditions have come through. I don't know why. I think people, if they do send my pictures out, my agents, yeah. the casting directors must be like, no. Yeah. That's my, my no. That's my theory. There's also another big part of it, too, I think, because we get this a lot um, in terms of people thinking that we're not really available, that we're so busy working. Mm -hmm. And with television and movies the way that they are, you know, movies are three months about. And TV nowadays, unless like Gotham is 22 episodes, but the majority of television that we're doing are, you know, shortened seasons so we do max 16 episodes depending on what the show is so everything alternates and most times you have to also factor in that they don't shoot in los angeles so when they don't shoot in los angeles we're doing the larger supporting roles of the guest cast of that week episode the recurring arcs or potential new series regulars and then the day players are all done from the respective city that they're shooting in yeah so i feel like once you start to have success and your face is on television and you're doing podcasts and you're touring and touring, people go, oh, he's too busy. He doesn't have time for this. And that's what happens. And really? that's why, yeah, that's why you still have to go after shit. That's oh, why I, I went after Danny. I know you did. It's pretty amazing. It Got really, him. Yeah, I know. You nailed it. Yeah. Are, are you, is that the, the one thing that you feel like that you pursued and are the most proud of? In the pursuing? In the pursuing? Mm, yes. For sure, because uh, we had the last comedy that we had done was the Victoria Pyle pilot. Mm, yeah, and that I was that. I want to say like oh seven or something. I mean, it was a long time ago. Why <clears throat> do you think? Okay, two 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 part question. Yeah. Why do you think casting directors don't get enough credit? And <sighs> how much time do we have? And yeah. you know, you say you go to producers, right? Mm-hmm. How, once you get to producers, yeah. How much say do you have, and has it grown? Since, does it depend on the producer and has it grown since your credibility has grown? Yes. I, I, yes. I think that there are producers and creators who really want to collaborate and really want an opinion Mm -hmm. and really want to hear our thoughts. Um, Because while somebody may have come in and done a great audition and we send it along, we want them we want them to see it because it helps in the process but we also want to discuss it to discuss that perhaps maybe this person isn't what you uh, isn't ready to take on what you want to do for the journey and the arc of the character got it so while they're seeing this in a little box and going oh they're amazing let's just do it we want to have a dialogue and mm-hmm. that's important to us um some producers they just they just want to order like they're ordering off a menu they just i didn't see anything i i need to see more and that's not a great place for Sharon and myself to operate from. Right. And it is an ego. It is the kind of work that we want to do with the people that we want to do it with. Um, and so why do you think casting directors don't get enough credit for the eventual cast? It's hard. I think we are the first person that they call. When something is going or even I can't tell you how many calls we got as uh, pilots were getting turned in mm-hmm. and clients that we had worked with before or studios and networks calling to check our availability that pilot season is coming and they you know they want to get the ball rolling and see who's available. Um, 
where they said, hey, I'm waiting to hear any day about my pilot. I just want to see if you guys are available. Can I send it to you? Or if somebody's going in to pitch a show, and if we're friends or it's a former client, and they'll say, can you just throw me a couple of ideas that I could go in and talk about, mm-hmm. you know, who, who would be really right for this? So it's all starting with the creators and us, typically. Right. It doesn't start, the first call, and this is to, no disrespect to any other department, but when something is about to go, generally speaking, the first call wouldn't be to the props no, person usually. or to the set designer. Yes. You know, it's the director, it's the my, writers, my and it's the call, actors. That's where my first call director. Right. Because you know how important I think that <laughs> yes. is. Um, but it's maddening sometimes, you know? It's the director, it's the writer, it's the casting director. You know, it's the actors. And so when when you bring when you work so hard and so diligently to create and put these pieces of a puzzle together and then they stand wherever they're standing and they thank their amazing fucking cast that they you know yeah. got to direct and who won them the best you know drama and they can't somewhere acknowledge that there was a partnership with the casting director to let to me make a- that all happen let me ask a question do We're you, fighting for people sometimes, like yeah, I know you're fighting. Are. So, what do you think that there is a? And Aaron, by the way, you're a huge Walking Dead fan. So, if you yes. have any questions for her, feel free. Okay? okay. No one gives a shit. They're not calling in. He waves to me and then I ignore him. It's okay. Whatever. So I apologize. I'm not good at that. Like, I see no, it's him, okay. I see him in the background going. You like don't this. have to make me feel good. I'm not. Do you, have you ever listened to this podcast before? <laughs> I do it all the time. I ignore him half the time. And then I go like this because I don't want to, like, to me, what's more important yes. is that we're, there's a flow of a conversation. Yeah, I agree. I like that. Um, and the, the question that I guarantee that's going to come in is, how can I get you something in yes. front of you? And then, and guys, I'll blog about it. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, do you think that there is a false, um, do you think people think, what your job is easier than it is. That's, yes. that's easy. Oh, so, so basically you 100%. think people are like, well, I could fucking hire anybody to call in everybody. Yep. That's the attitude. Which yes. Is- there are some that that's the attitude. And there are some that, thank God, say, I can't do this without Sharon Bialy and Sherry Thomas. Dude, if I, if I, if I look at Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I watched it. And I watched Breaking, Breaking Bad on the plane. Like that was my yeah. favorite. Where I go, well, that was an interesting choice. Mm-hmm. There were so many characters on there. Yeah. You know, and, and I go back to Odenkirk and Burr because I'm a comedian where I'm like, that. And Jesse Plemons. Yeah, yeah. Creepy Todd. But, but, but exactly where I, where I look at that, I'm like, what an interesting choice. Yeah. Those choices don't start at the top. They start from you. Of course. Putting that choice in front of yes. them. Yes. So why? And usually I don't have the forum to really to be able to speak honestly about it. Right. You know, and so it's so nice and refreshing to just be able to say, yes, it does. It does start with us. You want a question? We're going to get you a question. No, I don't need a question. We're going to get you. I am enjoying I know, I know you want one. No, 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 I don't. You want to be, hey, you're on with Sherry and Josh. What's your name? Where are you calling from? So. I know you hey want Hey, guys. To... It's Justin from Quincy. How are you? Hi, Justin. How are you? Hi, Justin. I'm doing well. Hi, Sherry. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. How are you? Just... Super dupe. Thanks. Super dupe. Justin, do you have a question for Sherry? Yeah, I sure do. Uh, first off, huge fan of Walking Dead. Way to go, girl. Nicely done. Thank um, you. Is, do you have anybody that, you like, when you look back, do you think back and think, my God, that was the one person that I worked the hardest to get cast and is, like, your biggest success story, like somebody you went to the mat for and it paid off? Hmm, Gosh, a- on The Walking Dead, let me think. We have a cast of 18. I have to, like, think about who's on our wall. 
Um, going in, did you know people were going to be dying all the time? Well, I mean, you had an ankle. Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. And it, look, it keeps people on their best behavior. It, yeah, it does. Because they never know what's coming. Yeah, and yeah. I've worked on a few shows like this where you literally, you know, well, if they're not behaving and they're being a pain in the ass, they can get killed. <laughs> it is an apocalypse, you know. <laughs> um, so, can you think of somebody that you went to the mat for? I, you know. Not that we had to lay down and, and and die for. I have to say The Walking Dead has been pretty, um, I'm trying to think of the seasons. It's so many people. What about Breaking Bad? You think of anybody you laid down for? I know who you laid down for on Home Improvement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, who, let, let me, let me, let, uh, Justin. Nobody let, on The Walking Dead, I gotta say Justin. Justin, let's update Sorry. the question a little bit. Is there anybody from The Walking Dead that you've had to go, trust me, just let's audition him? Do you know what I mean? Where people were like, oh, that doesn't seem like he'd be right fit. Where right. you were like, you gotta trust me on this. This is the person that you should see. Um, we were very excited to, I don't know if you'll remember this, but Pruitt Taylor Vince. Um, season what was his two? role? Uh, Jesus, season two. It was when they were at the farm, and it was it was when Sophie came out of the barn. It was before that, and he was a real big guy. And um, oh he's shit, got, he's got kind of squirrely eyes. Yes, he does. They, they go like that all the time. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. What was the character name? Pru- um, he's by the way one of my favorites. He's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. So there was a little bit of. You know, I wouldn't say laying down and, but you know, massaging and 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 having those kinds of conversations. Um, Do you feel like because of your success and your track record, it emboldens you a little more to be able to yes, do that? For sure. I mean, I, I you know, I'm in a different place than I was when I first started out, and you you gain a certain confidence and. Um, there's an aesthetic that I think people know that we have, and we have a standard that we reach for when we're casting any of our shows, it isn't like, oh, it's only one line. Because yeah. that one line, as we have all learned, can turn into something that we never thought possible. Do you know who told me that? Jonathan Banks was supposed to be in one episode on Breaking Bad. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you know who taught me that? Who? And he told me Craig Robinson. Yeah. What was the... Knocked Up. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Perfect example. That was supposed to be one line. Mm-hmm. But he was just like... He said, that's one of the things like, and when I tell my agents, I'm like, uh, hey, I want that Craig Robinson role. Yeah. Or just give me a chance to be funny. So what do you think the problem is? Why aren't, what, what do you think the, the hesitation Why? is? Be, because for me. For you. Well, I can tell you. For me, I'm not going to book the lead. I'm in a weird position of being known. Right. But not having a resume. Right. Okay, so they assume that the only role I'll take is something that a known guy would take. Mm-hmm. And I try to tell them, no role too small. You got to build the pyramid, you got to build the base, yep. and just let me try to get in there and yeah. make something of it. Mm-hmm. Make something a little... But, but with the agency I'm at, those roles don't make a lot of money. No, they do not. So they are not interested in something that's not going to make them a lot of money. The things that are going to make them a lot of money, I'm not going to get cast in. Right. So I'm in an interesting spot. And so therefore you still need to be almost working in a way that you did when you were 25 for that specific, for acting, yeah, for sp- yeah. specifically for acting. Justin, sorry that you had to hear all that. I apologize. Sorry, Justin. Um, no, it's, I li- it's fantastic to hear. 
Uh, did you have any other questions for her or for me? How are you, Josh? I'm good, buddy. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Did, did you hear the big good to talk to you guys? Thanks, Justin. Thank you. Um, but I, I, you know, it's something that we're constantly fighting for. The uh, Emmys, the um, Television Academy now give out an Emmy and have been for several years for best casting of a drama, right. a comedy, a movie. Um, the Academy Award does not do it. The Academy Awards don't do it. The Golden Globes don't do it, which, you know. Um, what do you think it, about the big stink about the no black nominees this year? Uh, I was a little shocked myself that Straight Outta Compton didn't get nominated. I Me thought it too. was phenomenal. Me too. Um, I thought Will Smith's performance in Concussion was as good as I the thought, rest. I thought Idris would get... I thought Idris... Now, there was the whole thing for Beast of a Nation, whether it was eligible, whether it was not. But eligible or not, he, was, he kicks everyone's oh ass. Oh, my God. He was so good. Everyone. I, listen, I look at the... I look at the to me, this year even more glaring. Yeah. Because in the past, sometimes it is what it is. Right. And there weren't the the, uh, the nominations went the way they should have. Mm -hmm. This year's best actors cast. Mm. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, listen, I think Leo will win. Not look. I think Tom Hardy was better in that movie than Leo. Mm hmm. It took me twenty minutes to go. Oh, that's fucking Tom, Tom Hardy. Hardy. Yeah. It, Kyle, oh. the same thing. I was like, holy yeah. shit. Yeah. We were watching it. And that, Kyle's, I, uh, oh, God, isn't Tom Hardy great? And he goes, that's Tom Hardy? I said, yes. That is like, so to me, if that guy doesn't win, although I think Stallone will probably get a nod because it'll be the only time he ever. I am so ever, happy. I hope he gets I it. I hope he does too. I hope he gets it. Because, you know, he'll never get another no. chance. And I love him so yeah. much. I don't even care. Um, But like this year... With those yeah. best actor yeah, would have been tough. the year. It's really tough. And I think it's... Isn't it a bunch of old white people who are basically voting? I'm not on that board Maybe. or in that I'm world assuming at all. It's a white. little, yeah, it's a little up there. <laughs> that's my next one. Watch out, fuckers. I'm coming for you. By the way, that's going to be the name of your first book. Watch, Watch out, fuckers. Watch out, fuckers. Yeah. Um, what, do you, what, is it something, because I know some people are boycotting. Is it something you'll boycott watching? Um, well, I watch everything in a very different way anyway, except for football. I My kids are running Go around. Go Patriots. And I, yes. Um, oh, I only jerked off twice during that game. Really? Yeah. Oh. I know. I was because alone. you were in a hotel room? Yeah. No, that's usually when- Or you were excited. Listen, hotel room is usually where I do most of my damage. Are you kidding? Right. Who's got time to jerk off at their house? It's not that's e true. It's not easy. No. <laughs> no. No. No, that's a tough, that's a tough nut, no pun intended. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you now? Do you want to talk? You have another phone call. <laughs> I know you want to feel. Well, like, is it a question that I can answer? <laughs> we'll find out. Hey, you're on with Josh and Sherry. What's your name? Where you're calling from? Hey, Josh. It's Mark. Hi, Mark. How are you? I'm doing well. How about you? Good. Long time no talk. I know. Uh, first of all, let me just echo the sentiments of many out there. Boy, you do a great job casting because. Um, <laughs> The Walking Dead uh, and Breaking Bad, naturally, and Gotham, all phenomenal, phenomenal cast. Thank you. Yeah, by the way, I have to tell you, I watch Gotham mm -hmm. again. There mm -hmm. are some times where I look on there, I was like, what's that? By the way, Dash. And Robin Lord Taylor was on The Walking yeah. Dead. Dash is one of my buddies. Mm -hmm. So I started watching because he was like, I'm going to be on. Yeah. And I was like, oh. He's and, so good. 
And he's Don- so good. Donald's Donald. always good. That was one where literally I read the script and I, there was one other person. There were two guys. One would have been a meeting and an offer only and one I had tape immediately and I sent it to producers and they loved him, but Donald was just better. But I mean, more right for it. To me, like, right, I looked at the cast, I'm like, oh yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love the dude who plays Penguin. Yeah. He's perfect for that. And we met him because he self-taped for Creepy Todd in is, Breaking Bad. Is that right? And it right? was down between Jesse Plemons and Robin Lord Taylor. And then we just, he kind of goes on the wall, and you remember, and you remember, and you remember. And then when we had uh, the role on The Walking Dead, we had him self-tape. And then when we went in and met uh, Bruno Heller for Gotham, um, we said, we have your penguin. Don't worry about it. And I said, oh, who is it? And I said, it, it's nobody you know. He's going to audition, and he's going to get the part. And he did. How amazing is that? It's, By the way, it feels so good. And when that happens, it it, it makes your job easier on that show, right? Because yeah. Because he will listen now. Yeah. Are they more apt to listen after something like that happens? Um, I think so. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that there's definitely a, a trust that needed to be built. And Bruno was a you know was a new client for us, so yeah. this was our first go around with us. Um, but you know. Bruce Wayne we had had immediately, but there were other parties involved that made us do uh, a, a, a very large search. <laughs> but he was literally the first person in the door. That girl who plays, um, who's going to be Catwoman. Yes, Cameron Bakindova. She went to Jacobs High School. Out she Champs, did? Champs High. Oh my God, she's amazing. The process, Gohar was, you know, scrolling yeah. through the breakdowns, pre-read a bunch of girls, came out and said, Sherry, I just found her. She was really good. Oh, she's fantastic. Mark, go ahead, ask the question. Sorry, Mark. Sorry, sorry. Hi. Hi. It's a, a two-parter. Um, it sort of relates to what you were saying a little bit. Has there ever been a time that a casting director, or I'm sorry, that a director um, just would not listen to your recommendation, and then as a result, it did not go well, and you perhaps were yes. secretly glad? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. I have a rule. I will say it three times. You know, I, I'll I'll really voice my passion for who I think should get the role, mm-hmm. and then there'll be a dialogue, and um, and if I can be turned around, if they say something that makes perfect sense for the role and what they're looking for, um, then you know, then the, then there'll be a dialogue about who the choice should be. But if I'm still feeling like my choice is the best choice for a variety of reasons, I'll do it three times, and then and then the rest is on on them. Right. And, and have there been some. And is that yes, ge- and I can't say. What, I know you can't, but, but is, is that generally where somebody picks a known over an unknown? Is that the general rule? Sometimes, or a type over a better actor. I think that's a huge mistake, the type over the better it's actor. It's a huge mistake. Yeah. It's a huge mistake. Because at the end of the day, good guys and bad guys come in all shapes yes, and sizes. Yeah. Who delivers the material the best? Yeah. Yeah. It should be the bottom rule. That should be the bottom line. You always go for the best actor. It, you know, in, in, in a writer's room, and Mark, I'm going to let you get to the second part of the question. In a writer's room, it's funny. Like, I could tell the successful uh, writer's rooms mm-hmm. and the not successful writer's room. You know what the rule in the successful writer's room was? What? Best joke wins. Yeah. It doesn't matter whose mouth it comes out of. No. you got to get the ego out of the way. Yeah. Best, That's the biggest thing. Best joke <laughs> wins. Mm-hmm. Not who's had the most... Uh, you know who's got the most years in the uh, mm-hmm. in show business? Not who's closest to the showrunner. Mm-hmm. Garcia is that way. Mm-hmm. Garcia, look, listen, Garcia. If the joke comes from the I writer, loved listening to you guys. Uh, if he comes, so if interesting. The joke comes from the writer's assistant. Best joke wins. Yeah. He doesn't. Greg Garcia is the most humble, successful person. You can tell. 
zero ego. Yep. He wants the product to be good, and however that happens. Mark, second part of the question. I'm sorry. Uh, the second part of the question is, and I'm not sure if you can speak to this, um, but I'm curious as to whether there has been a project in recent memory, not yours, uh-huh. but a, a, a series um, or a film perhaps that has not done well that just really got under your skin because of the way that, in your opinion, they miscast it. Oh, I'm not sure you can say that. I don't think of. I can say it, but I 100% there are things out there where you... Uh, you know, there, I'm sure there are scripts that you read that mm-hmm. you don't end up getting the show. You're like, that's a good script. And then you look at the cast. You're like, that is not what I would have done at all. Sometimes. But I have to tell you, for the most part, I'm really proud of um, the community that we work in. I I, um, I hope everybody is really nice in the rooms. They're I not. Ho- <laughs> They're not. But there are some that I truly, truly admire and respect. And when I see it on the screen, it's really inspiring to me. Uh, Straight Outta Compton was so good. just inspiring to me and casting. And we had cast some of those people along the way. But when you see them in a role that just ignites something, it's, it, uh, you know, it's like Cindy Toll and you rock. I love you. Yeah. You know, it's exciting. That was another movie that I'm glad I'm glad they had cast people that I didn't already know of course because you just you want to completely lose yourself in it and that's a huge undertaking it's a huge undertaking to do a show like that you know it's I remember um one of the Emmys not the one that uh the last one for Breaking Bad that um, we got a nomination for but the year before that every actor uh Giancarlo Jonathan Banks um Brian Aaron, Anna, were all nominated for an Emmy yeah. in their respective categories. How do you five not, people? How do you not get a nomination? We did not get a nomination, which is okay, right? But I mean, it's not okay. It's just it's so strange to me, right? Um, and I think so much of it was people didn't realize, you know, because it, they're so good. But when you look, and I love Game of Thrones, and I think it's impeccably cast, mm-hmm. impeccably cast. I think for that show, may, I think maybe one or two of their actors res- got, you know, nominated respectively. Mm-hmm. So, and our show was so tiny. You would think that it, so that tiny. would make sense. So tiny. We had sense. five. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Mark, let me ask you something. You've been yeah. a long-time listener for my po- yeah. these podcasts. What do you think about this version? I haven't, haven't asked you that yet. Oh, I like it. I, I mean, I like it. Okay. I think... <clears throat> He's honest, um, I ask him. Yeah. He calls I mean, in I don't know every what time. Else to say. I have no complaints. I mean, I wouldn't be listening if I didn't like it. Okay, perfect. Okay. I oh. like you, Josh, but I'm not that loyal. If it sucks, <laughs> I wouldn't be here. Mark, well, the reason I ask you questions is because I know you're honest, so I'm on board for that. Um, hey, man, thank you so much for calling in, and thank you for listening. Thank you. Yes. Thank you both. Bye. Of okay, course. Bye. Um, now, how long do you have you looked at your. How long do you think you've been? It seems like we've been here for no time. I'm right? having a blast. I don't want it to end. We've been here for an hour Let's and 15 keep going. minutes. Are we kidding? Really? An hour and 15 minutes. See how this that works? This is so fun. Yeah. It's an easy one, right? It's totally easy because I feel like, again, I can just be myself and mm-hmm. I can just talk to you in a way that when you're on a panel and you have, you know, 200 actors looking at you who are just so hopeful and, you know, they want to hear the, the right pieces of information or if you're doing no an interview. Secret. and There's no secret, right? No. I mean, hard, look, hard, hard work. work and talent. 
You know, my dad told me a long, 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 long time ago, if you work really hard, you'll kind of get what you want. You know, yeah. you can never, and, and, and no matter how good you are, there's always going to be somebody better. And yes. so you, so personally, I don't ever get to a place where I, you know, I am, as my grandmother would say, too big for my britches because you can't because there's people hungry underneath you and there's people really talented underneath dirty. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that party at my house a long time ago <laughs> where you were wearing, I think, those duck things, duck feet? What? A duck feet? I have the pictures. Why was I wearing duck feet? Like we, slippers? We may or may not all have been a little fucked up. Uh, I remember I had a cowboy <laughs> I remember that, too. Yeah, same and party I'm, with the duck feet. Yeah. <laughs> but what duck feet? They like were, like Uggs? I don't wear Uggs. No, they they were duck feet, but they didn't fit on your feet. You had to l- put them on your knees, so you were like dwarf. So it looked like I have the picture. I'll show Wait, you. Wait, like a really for real? Yeah. I just remember I said to my friends, "You guys can go. I'll see you tomorrow morning." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a good time. It was. You had some good parties. Oh. And then we became real. For real oh, grown-ups. I know. Yeah. You know what's crazy is that mm. we had some good parties at that one house. Yeah. Um, I don't honestly, I think the kids weren't there. Um, I would. Uh, I'm assuming. Mm, they were there. Were they there? Mm-hmm. And I, I remember saying to you, how did you do that? And you said you always had a designated person. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who... They, the kids. Yeah, they didn't. They were there for the kids. If the yeah. kids woke up, they ushered them to wherever they needed to go. They took them to the bathroom. They stayed in the room with them. But they I, were I for- super protected. I forgot that you were an awesome dad. I forgot that they were always there for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Always, always there. I remember thinking, Josh, I, and I'm not shitting you, when I first had Ryan, and then when I had Andy, and I had the two kids, and you know, working full time and doing several projects at once. I mean, days where I didn't shower and days where you'd go into the office and you'd be like, does anybody know that I'm dying on the inside? And because you just go in and you're like, ah, I'm going to cast and you you know, you and you do your job and you do it really well. And I had a full time, I have a you know, full time nanny that was taking care of the kids. And I had a really great partner, mm-hmm. you know, in Kyle, who was super involved, but we were just exhausted. And I would think of you almost daily and think, how the fuck did he do this? And with no money. I, I have to tell you. I, it's, it's just, it's mind blowing to me because it's hard. It's not easy. I, you know, you use that word, that term dying inside. I spent, I thought about this the other day, probably a good eight months dying inside mm. every day of like e- every day. And I know the only thing that made me not just fucking just mm-hmm. run off of a cliff, mm-hmm. which was the kids. There was nobody. Yeah. And, the, and it wasn't their fault. No. <clears throat> yeah. It wasn't their fault. And I just I could not. I could not, I'd seen disappointment in their faces, mm. and I just could not be the guy who brought any more. Mm-hmm. That was it. Like, I was, and I don't know, I, I don't know how, I don't, I don't know why, I just felt like, and obviously I love them, they're my kids, but there are times when you're like, I'm gonna fuck, I'm pulling the plug on this. Yeah. This is yeah. just not it's, okay. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, I, this is just not something that I can do. And then you just get up the next day and fucking do it. Mm-hmm. I just, I just remember those years for you, and it was it was gnarly. 
It, it was, was like, ugh. can I tell you? It's I re- I, I, let me just, yeah. uh, sorry. When I invited you to something for the home improvement because it was the season that you had done mm-hmm. whatever it was and it was like the Christmas party and we were at the House of Blues or whatever it was and you didn't show up and then you called me like two days later and you were terrified. There was terror in your voice and you're like, I'm so sorry that I didn't show up. And I was like, don't worry about it. Is everything okay? Are you mm-hmm. all right? And we had our conversation. You were like, I got to just tell you thank you for not yelling at me. <laughs> and I thought, why would I yell at you? I would, and you said that that, that was part of the history and it was just nice to be able to say the truth and what happened. And yeah, but, but, that, but, but my whole existence back then was a lie in, the, in yeah. that, you know, I was happy during the day. I'm not a drinker. Right. But I was drunk every night. Right. I was drunk every night. Yeah. Because I just wanted to disappear. Sure. Into the fucking wall. Yeah. I remember thinking to myself, if she tomorrow gets sober and she was like, I want to have the kids back, there are a couple times I remember thinking, fucking great. Grab yeah. all three of them. Yeah. I need to breathe. Yeah. Because there were so many days where I was like, I'm not going to make it. I'm mm-hmm. not going to make it to the end of this fucking day. I will tell you, I think it's one of the reasons why. I think, and this is one of the other problems I have with my agents, I've always told them, I go, I think, I have so much of that still inside of me. Mm-hmm. I've always told them, I go, I think I'll be better with in a drama that needs some comedy mm-hmm. rather than, I'm not a, I was, I always told them, I'm not a four camera guy. Walking around in life, I'm not this bigger than, no. do you know what I mean? I'm not a bigger than. Well, your laugh is. Yes, my laugh is, sorry, I apologize. It's amazing. My laugh is a little out of control. <laughs> Sometimes but... I'm like, are you for real? Am I, what, what for real? That's just what I got. Uh, listen, if it was fake, that would be a, a big facade for a long time, wouldn't it? It would be kind of amazing. Yeah. Um, but that's why I was Suddenly you're British. I know. All of a sudden I'm like, I'm Madonna. <laughs> really, I'm British. <laughs> what if I started going, <laughs> I did the old, like a, the typical Asian woman, <laughs> hands over the mouth laugh. <laughs> um, but that's why I always told them, it's one of the other problems I have. I go, just try to get me in. And there are no casting directors yeah. that will see comedians for, outside of you, for Well, then that's their like that. loss. Yeah. And then you just got to keep fighting and breaking it down. And when that's they right. ask you to go on tape, just go on tape. Oh, I do. You know. I do. Sometimes, though. You just don't know if they're ever really watching it. Yeah. We watch everything. Do you really? Yeah. You know how you said you, as an assistant, went in and mm-hmm. said, do you give your assistants that power? Yes. That's- for sure. Also, now, even more so because I've learned, you know, I was that person, and now that I have two small children at home, you know, for some reason, I want to run home and see them at night Ooh. in their bitchiness before they go to bed, but They're so cute. They're so cute. And red hair. One of them, yeah. I have a blonde and a red. Has they're wild. Ha, has 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 th- having them changed how you do your job? Yeah. Has it? Yeah, yeah. Oh. My tolerance level for bur- bullshit just doesn't. I mean, I never stood for bullshit before, no, you but even no. like more so. I just I don't have the patience for it, and and I can, you know, I have a pretty good radar for bullshit. I think, and you know, with um, from anyone, agents bullshit, anything. I just try to go and do my job and do it well, and then go home. You know, I've also never been a person who was like, I'm going to go to this party because so and so might be there. No. If you said to me, hey, do you want to come to my house for a party? I'd be like, hell yeah. yeah. I wouldn't say who's going to be there and think in my head, ooh, so-and-so might be there. So I want to go and position myself. 
for me, that just was never my way. And well, I've never been a networking neither. person. I, I, me neither. And I feel like looking back, I think that's hurt a little bit. This town really? is all about networking. <sighs> too because, old. I know. But if you look at like Apatow, Apatow, there are comics who have networked with him and they're yeah. in his stuff. Circle, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. in, in that way. Yeah. But for me, because I've always chosen to be home. Yeah. That's what it is. Like for yeah. me, I'm on the road. I don't do a lot of spots in town because I've just always chosen to be home. I've always You mean it, when you're home, you're home. When I'm home, I'm home. And you're not working. I try not to yeah. at night. Yeah. But, but also like I've in general, I know there have been things in my career and I've always chosen my family and my kids first. Right. And I know I I can think of times when that's hurt me. Mm. But I had faith and have faith that at the end of the day, when you live a more even life, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And you're putting things in perspective. Yeah, you have to. That things work out. And even if they, your career isn't that successful, you look, the relationship I have with my kids and with Beth yeah. is something that I wouldn't, tr I wouldn't trade it being shittier mm -hmm. to have a better career. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that does change. I think that, you know, the, the 20s was figuring it out, and then the 30s for me was like climbing and climbing and climbing and climbing. And, you know, I got a late start. I didn't meet Kyle till I was 38. Yeah. I got pregnant at 40, had Brian at 41, and, and Andy at 43. It's crazy, so, right? So, yeah, and natural pregnancies. <laughs> I just... Kyle and I were just meant to procreate. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Did, um, did, did anyone get snipped? Uh, God, I... Yeah, <laughs> he, he got snipped. <clears throat> I will tell you something. Beth has asked me, "She's going to get snipped." I'm like, "I don't think so." And she goes, "It's non-invasive." I go, "They're cutting open my nutsack, right?" And yeah. She said, "Yeah." I'm like, it's, "That seems super invasive." Yeah. I mean, here's where I felt horribly guilty. Was so he went and did that because we we were both just so freaked out that yeah. I was going to get pregnant again because clearly it felt like in you know at this age range I was getting knocked up and we were done. So um, he went and he did that and then I went for a checkup and my doctor was like hmm, there's something pretty big in there and I thought really what so and I didn't have time to do anything right. ever right so I went and I got the you know proper ultrasound and um, I had a pretty large cyst that needed to come oh, out and right. with that they did an emergency hysterectomy because there was another one and they didn't like the way they looked and neither were cancerous so that's great but I, so uh, literally two months later I was getting <laughs> <laughs> you, did you and say Kyle was don't like, tell my doctor don't tell did you tell don't tell, don't tell my I husband that don't tell my husband I felt terrible I felt terrible and of course I took it too if I had taken care of myself then you wouldn't have had to do that and you know but it was all good do you know I am so happy and I don't think I've ever told you this but I'm so happy for you because I know th where whence you came yeah and I know how hard you worked yeah and, and you didn't to be fair come out to LA to be a casting director no, I was a dancer and a singer growing up, yeah. and I thought I was going to be an actress. Yeah. And so I studied and was, you know, working at The Gap. And um, that, Has that helped you in your job now? I think so. I, I think when you're a performer and you can understand what it's like to be a performer, yeah. then it can. And quite frankly, I have acted with more people doing what I'm doing than I ever would have had I oh, pursued an acting career. And by the way... I mean, like, amazing people. You actually, there are some casting directors, let's just say a line is, can you move the truck? I need to get to my car. Uh-huh. Can you move the truck? I need to get to my car. Okay, so most casting directors, yeah. without looking at you, right. will go, can you move the truck? I need to get to my car. Yeah. 
Do you know I had a guy reading as he was sending emails? Yeah, I, I, I've heard horror stories and I just, it's so hard for me to imagine and believe you know, um, because we're so. But the, here's the. You have to connect with somebody to understand if they're doing good work. Yes, but here's also the different attitude. The attitude is of you is, mm-hmm. hey, we're in this together. Yeah. I, you can help me with my job. Yes. You being good yeah. helps me with my job. Yeah. Yeah. So what you do right away when, just so you know, as somebody walks into your office, I don't feel the power struggle. Well, yeah, I I don't believe in having um, a mystery shroud over me and, you know, like impress me. But uh, that doesn't service anybody. No, it doesn't. But a lot of casting directors, when you walk in, their attitude that you feel is you need to get through me. Yeah. You want the next? Okay, let's see what you got. You need to get through me, which does not elicit the best emotions or the best work out of somebody. I- Absolutely because not. Because now I feel pressure. Think about a child. You know what I mean? It's it's the, it's kind of the same thing. You're so vulnerable. You're just, you know, completely opened up. And, of course, you know, you want the job. I've seen a huge difference in women, you know, that I've known over the years. Yeah. And, you know, all of a sudden they have a kid. And then they come in. And all of a sudden their work is at another level. Because it's not about... They're not in their head. It's not about them. It's literally my boobs are going to explode. I've got to go breastfeed. Can we get this audition done now? And they don't have the desperation of what this job is, is how this job is going to validate them. Right. That's interesting. Because they have kids now. They have they have something else to pour into it, you know, and I think that's quite frankly why your stand up has always been so great, because one is coming from an authentic place, but it's also coming from this. This is like one small piece of the life that you live. And it's yeah. not the most important piece, and it doesn't validate you. It helps you. It pays your rent. It you know helps yeah. be a provider, but it's it, it's not what makes you you, you know. And no. that's how. Uh, that's. I, I actually, this, this go around with stand up starting. I and by the way, everybody, I will be uh, Portland, Oregon this weekend. Woo! Boston, Massachusetts, <gasps> the weekend Yay. after that. So Portland, which is the tw- I don't know. Boston's 28th, 29th, 30th. How do you keep it all straight? Boston's the one I remember. Yeah. And then February 14th, I'm going to be at Cobbs for Valentine's Day. What's Cobbs? Cobbs is in San Francisco. Oh. Um, And, uh, you know, I bring bring my guitar on stage now. All the time? Yep. Ooh, I love it. I I decided for a long time, I was like, oh, I want to buy a guitar. I want to buy a guitar. And then I was doing something with my buddy Jiffy, and then he stopped doing it. But I was like, but for a long time... It was the, what I know a lot of comics think of guitar comics mm-hmm. that stopped me from doing it, even mm-hmm. though I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. And then about three months ago, I was like, fuck everybody else. Fuck everybody. I, wa- I want to do what I have fun doing. Yeah. That because we're at a certain point, and it's like, why the fuck not? Why would we not do things that make us happy? But I wish I had remembered that yeah. earlier, because look, that's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You want the authentic you, mm-hmm. do what makes you happy. Yeah. And everybody wants the authentic you in in all walks of life. Yeah. They want the authentic you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I really believe this. Sometimes when people are assholes, but authentic assholes, and not like assholes like mean, but still like you're like... I know some. Yeah, but still, <laughs> there's, but still like, you, there's even though you're not going to hang out with them, you're drawn to them a little bit because they're so real like there's yeah. a humanness yeah. to them do you yeah. know what i mean where you're like i don't really want to hang out with you all the time but, but there's something damn. magnetic about you yeah for sure because there's something about that person who's willing to just be mm-hmm. 
Just put you. it all out there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I do too, Sherry. I do too. Sherry, Josh. now listen. We are it's now six thirty. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna listen you were here for an hour and a half. How's this that is feel? Awesome. It's so much fun. Do you is there anything you would like to say to people or anything you'd like to plug? You know, I am. I got asked. Speaking of authenticity, mm-hmm. I was working on, you know, Vice Principals, which is Danny McBride's show, and um, our one of our executive producers is Stephanie Lang, who's fantastic and worked on Veep and um, Eastbound and Down with Danny, and yeah. and now. So we'd never met. We had only uh, she had, you know, seen the work that was coming out of our office here in L.A. And I went to New York in October, and I said, "Are you in New York?" And she said, "Yeah, are you?" I said, "Yeah." Said, we had lunch at, in Brooklyn, and she was telling me about this. Uh, new medium, uh, you know, format, Pipo, put Mm -hmm. you pretty on. And um, she asked me to be on the creative board with some people that I find really fucking cool. That's awesome. Um, Morgan Walsh and Tony Hale and, um, you know, a lot of the Veep executive producers and Greg Utanis. And I thought, yeah, I want to do this. And so it's, you know, it's it's, it's another way of um, kind of, putting something else out there and creating her whole idea honestly is to create this uh platform for women comedy writers mm-hmm. and um you know basically develop tv shows from from this but she's also got music partnerships and magazine partnerships and this whole thing is like exploding How cool to be invited to do that it's really cool and she's so fucking smart and i am so honored and um i think it's going to be huge so pay attention to pipo Pipo, everybody. Pipo.com. For me, ComedianJoshWolf.com, uh, the Fairly Normal Tour is in effect. Yay. And um, so I'm coming to go to that, ComedianJoshWolf.com for dates. And then I am also have T-shirts and coffee mugs. And... I want a T-shirt and a coffee mug. Yeah. Is there any here? Where there is are, but I would have worn it. I'll get you one. God. I'll get you one. Okay. The website's being redone, so. Go Pats. Go Pats. What are we thinking about this? We think. This is the team we wanted to play. Okay. Okay. Does it make you nervous at all? I get nervous every game. I know me too. <laughs> Last night, by the way, I just throw the the headphones on my kids with the iPad. It's the only time I'm like fucking go to town. iPad out. Do you know? It's like crack. When I remember Jacob was watching me watch a Red Sox game once, mm-hmm. and I was screaming at the TV, <laughs> screaming at it, and he was like, "Dad," I go, "Yeah," and he goes. You're scaring me. And yeah. I said, then you should go upstairs. Yeah. Because it's this not going to get changing. any better. This is yeah, not this is, this is what happens downstairs. Yeah. Upstairs, yeah. you can be a pussy up there. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. The little redhead thinks that football is Tom Brady. It is. You know, my little redhead, she's three. And so she'll look and she'll go, Mama, the football's on. The football, go Tom Brady. <laughs> like, yes. How handsome is he? He's pretty handsome. Is he? I think. I like Gronk. I, think, I, think the I take Gronk over, over Tom any day. Yes. Looks? Have you heard him? I would. Have you talked to him? Have nope, him? and I don't care. Now, <laughs> have you seen a picture of the backup quarterback? Uh, yeah. Oh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh. Come on. Yeah. He may be the most handsome person. He's pretty hot. Julian Edelman. They're all good Yeah, looking. they're all hot. Yeah, it's a good team. It is. And, you know, I mean, Brewski was my guy back in the day. Like, yeah. The, well, I By the way, they, guy they play guys. good football, too. Yeah, they do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me, and you're like, ah. <laughs> I know you more than me. It's great. I, I, you, know, that's, you know, that's not. I know. Never been my hang. I know, but you're. But is it weird that you are now in this? Like, you go to this golf classic with David Ortiz. Yeah, that's kind of incredible. I assume that ninety. Does he know your name? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> I assume that not barely. He learned it this year. 
because last year he was like, what's his name again? Um, I assume that 95% of the people that I see don't know who I am. That's right. my assumption. Uh-huh. I assume the other five, three of the 5% right. go, did we go to high school together? <laughs> I get a lot of that. Did I work with you? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we, yeah. And then 2% of the people that I meet that I know me. Yeah. That's it. I don't care about that stuff. But it, I'm not saying that you should care about it, but it is pretty unreal to yes. s- to think that you watched the Red Sox growing up. Like we're such it's in our DNA. Yes. It's a very big deal. You can't downplay that oh, shit. Oh no, dude. And listen, you know I threw it the first pitch at Fenway. <laughs> and they said, "What size shirt do you need?" I said, "Whatever size is going to cover up my boner cuz I'm going to be super happy walking <laughs> out there." <laughs> what what do you get? That what's the extra large? That's to awesome. Cover? Yeah. Now listen, That's awesome. the day before, yeah. I have a terrible, I have a bad back, I have the degenerative disc and all this stuff. Day before, two days before, I fucked up my back really badly. Like for real? I was wearing a brace. Are you gluten free? No. Okay. I fucked up my back really badly. What does that have to do with my back? Because everybody has a back problem and a oh, leg problem and a, a gluten free de- problem. I have, a de- I have a degenerative disc. So it's okay. just like. I mean, I just got a new hip, so I really shouldn't give you, you shit You got a new hip? At all. Are you fucking 90? <laughs> you got a new hip. What it you- was degenerative. <laughs> You're giving me shit, Grandma? You're fucking limping around with your new hip? You would never know I have a new hip. It I was going to ask you walking 20th. in. I was asking you going to ask Bullshit. I was going to say, did you get a new hip? <laughs> <laughs> What's with the... It's the right one, right? There's only it. one person who can tell I have a new hip. Who's that? Kyle. Why? Because the scar? No. Well, maybe. Does but it click? It doesn't click. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to get to it. Does it click? Like when you walk... If we're really quiet. Now when we're, we're walking. Uh-oh. Mm. Um, it was a, it was a, it's a big deal. The Red Sox stuff is a big deal for me. It is. You know, I, look, I had Uke on here a couple of weeks yeah. ago. And he's a, he's a super, super good guy. Um, uh, but always a thrill for me yeah. for Red Sox stuff. And But as I've been in it longer, the aura has worn off. As I've right. met people sure right so i'm glad the aura has worn off because as i've met people like especially in this town yeah and the persona public personas that i know they give off and then i know and them to what... be a complete opposite of yeah. that yeah it's that, hard that's why the aura of everybody has worn off for me. sure that's why i'm not in i'm really not in awe look and i stood in front of Grohl, you know for a yeah. week and i thought i'm not gonna be able to keep it together right and at the end of the day he was a guy right. he was fucking great at his job the nicest person you ever meet in your life, mm-hmm. but a fucking guy mm-hmm. with the same, you know, not the, I was going to say the same problems as you and me. That's not true. But, uh, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Where am I going to put this million? I have no fucking idea. Um, I'm trying to think the only, and, and by the way, Elton John too came right up, shook hand. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Wow. Well, it, it, because he was one of the guys I was like, well, he's just got to walk right past. Shook everyone's hand. Hey, how are you? I love the show. Good to meet you. All, all that show was really good for me. In that, I, I just realized that these people are people. Yeah, the people are people. If they remain that, yes. You know, somebody was just telling me yesterday that Adele, after she won all the Grammys for her album Nineteen, which was her first album, yeah. that she went back to London and like went to work in a record store, in the back, just doing labor because she just wanted to stay, Normal. like down here. Yeah, it's so funny. I wouldn't fucking work in a record store. I would not either. I'd buy a record store <laughs> and hire Adele. Where would you work? Honestly? Yeah. I can tell you honestly. Yeah. 
if I I know if, where I'd work. If I wasn't in this business, so mm-hmm. you're saying if you weren't in this business, what would you what would you want? No, to do? what would you go back to do that would keep you grounded if you were you know? Oh, I would go coach baseball. Explosive. Oh, that's cool. I'd love to coach high school baseball. I I, I wouldn't even have to be high school. I could be right. twelve. Literally, I love it. I love being mm-hmm. out there. I love watching people learn. I mm-hmm. love when you're teaching somebody something, and you see in a game that, and they're, they're kids, but mm-hmm. that they finally get it. I love all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I love it because I remember how important coaches were to me. Yeah. How, by the way, equal how important the good ones were and how important the bad ones were. Mm-hmm. You know, I learned sure. learned from both of them. But for me, I just love it. I love being out on a baseball field. I fucking love it. What would it be for you? Now, in this day and age, yeah. I would work at the dry bar. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd blow dry hair. I think it would be so fun just to blow dry hair all day long. Really? Make people pretty. And and would you be a chatty blow dryer, or do you have to scream over the blow dryer? I've never. Well, I I think I'd still be the person that I am. Yeah. So I wouldn't bullshit. I wouldn't talk just to talk. If there was something to talk about, I'd talk. If there was nothing to talk about, I wouldn't talk. And I that's can, how I feel about everything. I can tell you this right now. What? A hundred percent. I yeah. can tell you this with a hundred percent honesty. Yeah. I can't remember if I've ever blow dried my hair. You I do you have hair? <laughs> you do. Oh, it looks really good. It's a little short right now. It's really good. Did you think I didn't have hair? I didn't know. I I, I guess my image of you is always the hat, the hat, the hat. You know how that happened, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I do. Well, initially, the reason I started wearing a hat. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And then, but when I, with, I went on Chelsea the first two episodes I went on her show, Mm -hmm. you know, early, early on, she was like, you got to wear a hat. I said, why? She was like, I've known you with a hat. It's super fucking distracting to me to look across <laughs> and not see you with a hat. She would tell me, whenever I show up, like we went to Howard Stern's birthday party. Right. And I show up and we're in a suit and we're in New York and getting ready and I walk out and, I, and she was like, the suit looks great. Can you put a fucking hat on? <laughs> oh my God. I go, I can't wear a hat to this. Everyone's going to be wearing suits. She was like, I wish you'd wear a hat. It's really freaking me out. Could you just put a... She goes, you're with me. Who cares? You're my date. I don't fucking care. And I was like, I, Chelsea, nobody's going to be wearing a hat. And she was like, oh. And so we got fucked up, but every, every now and then she'd lean over and be like, You should be wearing a hat. This hat would be so much better. <laughs> this night would be so much better if you were wearing a fucking hat. I love it. I'm so proud of you. <coughs> it's so fun to watch that. And you're such a good guy and a good dad and a good husband and a good friend. And I'm just. I am equally I'm happy super, for you. Super, super. I mean, I, I feel like proud sounds condescending, but and I don't mean it to, but I just, I'm so happy for you. I had that conversation fucking with somebody the other happy. day. I'm like, you're my peer, but if I tell you I'm proud of you, is yeah. that condescending? I don't know if it's condescending, but I think sometimes it, it makes it sound like I wasn't sure you were yes. going to make it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm so, I'm so proud, proud of, of you. you. Yeah. Like you would say to a you kid. You say it really sad. Yeah. Or you go, I'm so proud of you. It's like you would Whoa. say to your kid, your dumb kid. You're like, he passed. I'm, I'm so, so proud, proud of you. I know. Oh, my God. Do you have one kid you think is smarter than the other? You don't have to name names. Um, I think... Yeah, but they're, here's the thing. I know it's going to sound so crazy. They're both, so, they are polar opposites. Yes. Polar, polar opposites. One is like skirts and tiaras and pink every day, and I fucking hate it, but I let her do it. Yep. I've stopped trying to get in the way of that. And then the other one is like T-shirts and leggings, and the sweater has to be exactly where it, it needs to be on her wrist. Her socks have to be on exactly really? so. She wears these sneakers every day. She'll wear dresses, but she has to wear leggings every single day. 
and you know they're they're just they're they're just super different very very different so rewarding i never thought being a parent would be so rewarding and such a fucking pain in the ass at the same time. Yeah, I never thought I'd like it as much as I did. I mean, I always knew I'd love my kids, but mm-hmm. I didn't know that I would love being a mom as much as I, I did. And I, I was just saying to Kyle last night, I, I wish I had, um, you know, when you have that first one, when I had when we had Ryan, it was like, you know, Ryan yeah. was the only one. So it was very easy. And But with Andy, you know, I had a toddler. She, they're only 20 months apart. We had just moved into, a, you know, our house. And I went back to work after nine weeks. And so I, I, I literally I would I, I felt like I didn't see her for days, yeah. but I did. Yeah. But um, she's just fine. <laughs> <laughs> I do not worry about her. Guys, I, we have to wrap Thank up. There's you. somebody else coming into this studio. Um, listen, uh, if anyone's still listening, because usually <laughs> I, I would like to say this at the beginning. Because when I say goodbye, then people go, hey, guys, if you could go to iTunes and review the show, a lot of you reviewed it when it was Sarah and I, it it helps my show because iTunes will start to feature it. If you could go and just put a review down of how much you like this show or fucking hate it, but don't do that. Uh, But if you could put a review down, that would be... Uh, that would help the um, the cause. Awesome. I will. I'll put a review. Sherry, I had a great time. I did too. Did you have fun? I did. I'll it, come back anytime. Will you? Yeah. This is, is so fun. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Nope. I'm good. <sighs> Bye.